it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure of interviewing Shay Jones, and Shay is a finance expert. She's the owner of Centra Financial, and she's also a makeup artist and beauty guru. Um, I just had a great conversation just learning more about Shay and her business. It was so much fun talking with her. It felt like we had known each other forever. I love Shay. She's awesome. But I think you're really just going to enjoy her story because Shay is quite young, but she's wise beyond her years. She has taken some massive action and some steps towards creating the career of her dreams. And she's well on her way and she's doing some great things for beauty professionals. Here's a little bit of her bio. Shay went from side hustling as a makeup artist to running a financial firm for beautypreneurs. After spending three years being burnt out as a makeup artist, And in corporate accounting, she decided to use her skills that would best serve helping luxury salon owners and beauty brands and professionals understand their numbers and scale their businesses to six and seven figures. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. She dropped so many gems. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Shay Jones. Welcome, Shay. Hey, Brandi. Hey, girl, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, you're another beauty guru and turned business professional, so I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. So, Shay, i like to start with something, fun fact or something. So, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, something about myself that most people would not know. I'm an open book. So let me think. I think one thing that people would not know about me is my love for reading. So I love to read, not even just like personal development, but like French literature, Spanish, like I'm super weird like that, but I love to read. Awesome. So French literature in Spanish, huh? Yes. It started when I was in school and you know how they like in college, they'll just give us all this stuff like different um, programs. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I started reading French literature books and it's super like romantic. Like if you think about English literature and different um, places of the country. And the reason that I love reading too is that it gives me a completely different perspective of things because I go in from a place of you know like obviously African-American reading French and Spanish literature like you go in with a completely different perspective than you walked out so that's I think why I love reading so much I do too and I think it makes you more well-rounded I remember Mm -hmm. it was interesting I read a book and 
it was a topic that I really wasn't familiar with that the, the author spoke on in the book. And then maybe like a couple weeks later, I was at like a networking event and I could kind of act like I knew what they were talking about <laughs> because I had heard about it in the book. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know. That's so <laughs> me. So, <laughs> we'll be in the middle of a conversation. They'll say author name. I'm like, oh, I know him. I know him. Like, right, you know, right. but it's really a good conversationalist because you can connect with people that you don't normally talk to. Like I've been in networking events trying to get to know people and we'll realize the only thing that we have in common is that author or that book or something. So it really does help you connect with somebody. Definitely. I would agree. I would agree for sure. For sure. And it definitely can help with your mental and everything. All of that. Yeah. There's so know? many other benefits. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So, so Shane, tell us your beauty story. Like how did you get into the beauty industry? Yes. So I got into the beauty industry. I just always loved makeup. I used to be one of those people. I remember I was like 12 and I told my mom I wanted to be a makeup artist. And she was like, no, makeup artists don't make any money. And that was like the end of it. Like that was what I thought was the end of my story until um, I got pregnant with my daughter really young. I got pregnant with her at 17 years old. But what that taught me is that like, I need to like move. I have to get started because like now time doesn't wait for anyone, especially when you have a kid, like it's always on the go. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything I want to do. And one of that was makeup. So that's when I was just realizing like, you know what, I'm going to get started. I'm going to just do it. So I started practicing on myself and my friends when I was pregnant. And then obviously that came to a slight hold when I had my child. And um, after I had my daughter, um, February of 2016, um, that's when I just started doing makeup on my friends, um, a lot on myself but it didn't really take off um about I want to say six months into it um after I had my daughter I went to go see a celebrity makeup artist she was in Chicago where I'm from and I started training with her and I would just basically assist her do a lot of her clients I also did a lot of free work but that's when I really started to get going in my career and then about 2016 um I want to say like October November November, I moved to California. And that's when I pursued makeup and um, all while I was still working my nine to five. But that's when I really was like, I'm going full force. Like I thought I was gonna be in LA. Um, and a lot of things changed, which I'll touch base on the story. But like, in a nutshell, I've always had this passion for it. And I've always been the type of like, I'm gonna just go for it. I'm gonna just do it, which is what led me to even get started after my mom told me no, and was also led me just to move to California which was the craziest thing to all my friends at the time. Cause I didn't do make, I didn't have my own clients. I was just like, I'm gonna just go to California and get clients. Wow. So you were doing like the American dream. Cause you know, that's what it is. It's either New York or California, <laughs> yep. right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's where everybody is going to get their start. Right. Yeah. So what happened when you got to California? Okay, so just to like backtrack, just so everyone can get like a perspective of how it all started. So I'm originally from Chicago, and then I moved to San Diego in November 2016. And my career got started in March when I was working as an admin for a Fortune 500 company. And um, I worked there full time. And then part time, I was just doing makeup. Like a lot of times it was free. It was probably only had like one paying client that whole time when I just started out, which is completely normal. Um, but it, makeup didn't pay the bills. So that's why I was like, okay, I know for sure I'm going to, you know, keep my nine to five job. Um, and then one day I was like showing through Instagram, YouTube, and I'm like, okay, all the successful makeup artists live in LA. Like I obviously have to get there. And um, so the company that I was working for at the time only had a location in San Diego. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to put a transfer in. You know, I talked to my boss, of course, and he gave me his bus and I put the transfer in and I applied for a position with the boss. Um, then I did two interviews, um, phone interviews for San Diego, did not hear back for weeks. And so I was like, okay, obviously they chose someone else. Like I didn't get the job. I have to think of something else. And then one random day in the middle of October, 
and the boss called me from San Diego and was like, hey, you got the job. And so I'm all excited. He was like, okay, but the only thing is you have to be here in two weeks. So I had to literally pack my bags, everything I had, and my six-month-old daughter, and move to across the country within a two-week time span. And at the time, I was supporting both of my parents because they were helping me with my daughter. And times were still kind of hard then, so they were helping me with my daughter, and so I supported them. And so then they also had to move with me because I was, you know, like the smartest thing to do. So um, they also had to make that decision to, um, they've never left Chicago before as far as like moving anywhere else. So this is the first time that they've ever moved out the um, state as well. And so they moved with me, and um, that's when I got to California, and November 1st was my first day there, and I was still working my 9 to 5 and doing makeup. And then I, when I first got there, I just started networking with photographers models, um, doing other different collaborations, even doing some photo shoots. And that's really how I was able to build a name for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, that's usually how it goes, and especially in makeup and you're moving in a new place. So this had to be really different. So you, you, yes. you did have a nine to five. So it wasn't like you just jumped out there with nothing, mm -hmm. but now you're there, you move your whole family. Right. <laughs> So, so this gotta work, right? That's, that's exactly what I was like. I have to make this work, like, <laughs> right? So you moved your whole family there, and um, I know you were working. You were working a pretty good job, but mm -hmm. um, when did it? And I, and you were doing the makeup on the side. Were you ever mm -hmm. able to transition to doing like makeup full time? Or tell us how that all uh, worked out. No, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a few reasons. One is California is so crazy expensive. You really, everyone I know here has like a two side hustles or two jobs or whatever. So when I told everyone I did, they were like, oh, okay, because they're like, everyone here has two jobs unless you're, you know, super rich. But what ended up happening is um, six months into my role, so six months being here in California, I started getting accounting tasks and duties and things like that within my job. Because remember, I came here as just an admin. And then they started giving me accounting roles. So that's how I really got in on the accounting side of the business. But still on the side, um, I remember my first month and a half being there. It was new, December 31st, New Year's Eve. I was booked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, mind you, I've only been there a month and a half. And so I already had like a good, pretty good clientele list. So it just kind of got busy really fast. I think it was because I was in Facebook groups. Like I said, I was networking, meeting people. I would tell people, you know, I'm from Chicago. I'm just trying to get clients here. So people like, I feel like it's that spirit here in California where they really support you of just like, oh, let me, I know a friend who needs makeup. Let me call her and see if she'll, you know what I'm saying? Um, you can do her makeup for her or whatever. It was always that I've always was blessed to meet people like that, that wanted to see me win. You get what I'm saying? So I think that helps a lot too. And what started happening, um, as I was working is about nine months into the role, I really started to hate the company that I was working for. Like it was just really toxic. I just didn't really like it anymore. And so I quit. And then I went to another Fortune 500 company, which was even bigger. And I got hired on as an accounting specialist. And all the while I'm still working, doing makeup. I'm literally working seven days a week. Like sometimes I would take clients in the morning at like 5 a.m. Like one time I took a bride at 5 a.m. And then I went to work at 7 a.m. Uh, so it was just like on the go, but I loved it. Um, and it was working out. I even got published in Essence Magazine. I started getting celebrity clients. It was just like everything was going great. So my career was going great. My business is going great. But the only downside, um, I started having that mom guilt. And like, if you, you have a kid, so you know what I mean? If like mm -hmm. you work in and a part of you always feels guilty because you're always working, but you, you know, like I knew it was for a bigger picture, but that mom guilt started to come to me of like, is this all really worth it? Because like I have a baby at home and you know what I mean? Like I'm working from 
sun up to sundown. By the time I get home, I'm tired. And it was just like, I think that was really what caused me to want to shift is because I always felt guilty. Like I'm always on the go. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, I could definitely understand how that can be. You know, you're trying, you know, sometimes it's difficult being a mother trying to pursue your dream yes. and have a family too. You and know, trying so to I have a career too. Yeah. Like I was like, right. oh, I'm moving up in a career. So I was just like, I, it was really hard. It was a really tough decision to make to want to slow down because I loved everything that I do. Like, I don't even want to say that it was a burnout that I experienced because I was always on go. Like I was never really tired because my career fueled me, my side hustle fueled me. And it was just that guilt of like, you know, coming in super late. Like I'll leave the house at 5am and then come home at 6pm. You know, that's just not the kind of mom that I was raised with. And that's not the one that I wanted to be. Right, right. I absolutely feel that because, you know, at the end of the day, family is the most important thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure you're there, especially when at those those younger years. And, you know, it goes by so quick. So, yeah. yeah. And you want to make she's sure She's telling me there. she's talking and everything. I'm like, hold on, I'm missing a little bit too much. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So this is great. So, you know, one thing I want you to want you to kind of uh, touch on a little bit was you you hit the ground running and you you were in Facebook groups, you were networking and you were doing, I think a lot of times I talk to beauty professionals that are getting this, like especially new makeup artists, they're trying to get into the industry and they're like, well, how do I get clients and all of that, you know? But I mean, you it seems like you just took it, you know, head on and just started networking and putting yourself out there in any and every way that you could and it paid off. So kind of talk about like, what was your inspiration for that? Well, like I said, when I was in Chicago, I was trained by a well-known makeup artist there. So um, not only was I trained by her, but I assisted her. So as I'm um, taking, I even did some of her friends' makeup for free. But while I'm assisting, she's also telling me how she's been to her clientele. So I'm under someone who's always booked and busy, and she's telling me how she made it happen. And she's like, you have, she, she, what she would do is she would DM, like, um, the Instagram. Before um, we had Instagram models, it was, like, the known girls of our city. And she would just DM them, like, hey, can I do your makeup next time you go out and it was that simple and she was like the more you do and the more people start seeing your name they will come to you you know it just it's just like a slow process and so that's exactly what I did when I got here I started DMing and emailing photographers and models and like hey let's set up some shoots so that I can get good pictures of my work and then I would also do makeup on myself a lot and like I would probably do my makeup every single day just so I can post a picture and then I would post it in Facebook groups and be like hey I'm new here to San Diego if you want your makeup done it'd be like $30 and I know that was cheap especially for California (laughs) but I'm like literally no one knows me so it's like how can I tell somebody hey pay me $100 if you have no idea who I am or what I could do and I was still new like I was still very new so that's literally how I got started is I would charge $30 and you know it was like come to me and I'll do your makeup and I would just kill it to make sure they come back and I still have clients to this day that I got from back when I did that then and they'll be like oh my god you came such a long way wow wow yeah I like that like just really like you you said something that's key about how you wore makeup all the time and you will take pictures of yourself and I think a lot of times I don't see up and coming artists doing that enough, you know, mm-hmm. like if you want, you need, if beauty is your thing, then you need to sell beauty. And so you need to always have your makeup laid and your hair done because people will be attracted to you because they're like, girl, you know, who did that eyeshadow? Yeah, Look at yeah, some yeah. brows. Yes. The lashes. Yeah. And then you attract, you're like, girl, I'm a makeup artist. Let me get my yep. car. 
know? That's all I would do. That's I will always do that everywhere. I mean, I remember going to Walmart and this girl was like, oh my God, your makeup was so cute. Who did it? I'm like, oh, give me your phone. And then I put my Instagram in because I'm like, some people, if you have, give them a card, sometimes they take it, sometimes they won't. I'll be like, oh, let me see your phone. I'll give you my Instagram and just follow me right from their phone so that way I know they can see my work. Every time I post, they can see it. And that's also how I was able to kind of like build that network of people in San Diego is because I would always bring them right back to the Instagram because I'm like, I post here almost every day. So you're bound to see me and either book with me or refer me to someone else. And I like that point that you said, if you want to sell beauty, you have to look like it all the time. And some, I mean, you don't have to wear makeup every day, but people buy from people at the end of the day. They buy, you know, they buy from you. They're not buying actually what you sell. So it's like, if you want to be a makeup artist, you got to come with it. When they see you, they have to know your makeup artist right off the bat. I would definitely agree with that. And that I live by that model. I can't stand the makeup artist. Talk about, girl, I don't really wear makeup. That's what my client will. Okay. <laughs> if you already have established clientele, I get it. But if you don't, like someone like me, you trying to build it, it's like, well, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I know, I guess I hear makeup artists say that when they already have the clientele. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But if you're trying to grow it and build it, that's the first way to start. That's the easiest way, if you ask me, is just doing your own makeup. Because people will always say, you look nice, you look pretty, or who did that? And that's the easiest way to be like, oh, this is what I do. Here's my card. Definitely, definitely would agree with that. So you're in your nine to five and you're working in finance, you know, working in, in, in accounting and all of that. Um, you must love it because now, you know, you're into that field. So tell us how you got into numbers and finance and all this stuff now. Carol, it literally just came from them giving it to me. Like I didn't, this is not something that if you would have told me this is what I would have a finance firm, I wouldn't believe you because never good at math. I, it just wasn't my, like, I didn't like it. But what happened, what people fail to realize is that corporate and business accounting and finance is so much different than what we learned in school. And you'll kind of learn that if you go for it to um, go to school for it in college. But basically, when you look at finance from a corporate or any company perspective, what we're looking at is to say, for instance, Brandy Taylor, you say, I want to take my business this year from 50000 to 100000 I'm going to come to you as a finance manager and be like, okay, here's exactly what we have to do to take you from that within a year. We need to build out this many streams of income. We need to have this amount of clients. Um, booking you at this price to make that happen, you know, and it, to me, it's so much simpler because I've always been able to see the bigger picture. And I think I've always been in love with the transformation aspect. That's why I love makeup because you go from one way to another after I do your makeup. And it's the same thing now as a finance manager. It's like, I'm taking your company from A to B. You get what I'm saying? So it's like a complete transformation. And I just love to see that bigger picture and that transformation. I think that's what fuels me. Because when I was working at my Nana 5, it was like, okay, you know, I'm good at what I do, but I wasn't trying. And even my mom, she's the one that told me, like, I need to really go at this as far as, like, accounting and finance go at it full force. Because I wasn't really interested. Like, I'm like, no, I'm going to be a celebrity MUA. This is just going to help get me there. And she's like, you're so good at what you do, and you're not trying. So imagine if you actually gave it some effort and tried. And I remember she told me that and I was like, okay, you know, mom's always right. Like, so I'm actually going to give it some effort and try. And I don't know, it just felt like my career would just skyrocket. And I was very, very young. Like I got into it at um, 19, 20 years old and it just kind of skyrocketed. I remember I met this one woman, she's a CFO, chief financial officer. Um, and she um, has history of being a CAO as well. And this is someone who was like my mentor, but not really a mentor. Like she kind of took me under her wing, but it was never like officially a mentor. But I loved to see a woman in such great power. And she, this is a Fortune 500 company. And she was just like, I was just like, hey, how did you get to where you are? And I think that's also um, 
credit to my success is because I'm never afraid to ask. I'm never afraid to ask someone, you know, how did you get to where you are today? And so I would just sit down and have meetings with her and she would just tell me like, you just literally have to just go for it and try because this is a field that's dominated by men. Finance and accounting is dominated by men. And so you really have to put that effort in. And the fact that I was going so far with little effort, I knew that I could really take off if I just put the work in. And so then that's what I did. Yeah, that's great. But it is interesting how you you took what you learned and now you're helping beauty people, beauty professionals, beautypreneurs with their finances and everything. Um, how what made you decide to just niche down to beauty? I know you know you have a beauty background, so but what mm-hmm. made you decide to niche down to beauty when you decided to start your own firm? So how I started my business is literally the same way I got into accounting. It kind of just happened. So I'm going to tell you like the quick story. So back in uh, 2019, this is all while, um, remember my business is growing, The um, I'm growing in my career, everything is going great, but I was still kind of like getting to that point of guilt. So one day I was reading this book called Six Months to Six Figures. I love it. And he talks about if you want to make six figures, you have to get to that point where you give value. Like you have to use whatever skills that you have and use it to um, give something someone else value. So then it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm thinking like, what are my skills? How can I give value besides makeup? You know, because I know that's what I can do. And that's when I started thinking about accounting and finance and it just like popped into my head. I'm like, I could work for like a salon because I'm like, I know I love the beauty industry. I know I love, you know, I know this industry like the back of my hand. I know how to grow within it. And I also have the finance component. So then I emailed the CEO of a bridal agency that I worked for. Um, and just to give you guys like a, a little background, a bridal agency is just, um, they offer bridal hair and makeup services and they get you the client. They do all of the marketing, all of the negotiation with the client. And, um, she, it was a luxury agency. So they only had like high end brides, like, um, the, the average service that a bride would book would be like $1,700. And so they get the work for you and you just show up to do the work and they pay you commission. And um, the CEO and I were really good associates at this point. We really vibed well together. And so one day I just emailed her and said, hey, this is what I currently do at my company. And here's what I want to do for your company. I want to take over the bookkeeping and the payroll and financial planning and management. Um, Here's what that looks like. So I literally broke down to her. Here's what my job description will look like. And here's how much I want to make. And she, we went back and forth a little bit because she just didn't understand it because she always did the payroll and bookkeeping herself, but she works a lot. So I'm like, I know you're tired of doing this. And um, she said, yes. And that's literally how my business was born is I just asked for the sale. And um, she already knew I was in corporate accounting because she knew that's what I did for a living. And so she was like, okay, like, let's just make this work. And so it kind of like I created this job myself. Like I told her what I was going to do and how much I was going to make. And I literally just fell in love with it because I'm still so involved in the beauty industry. Like it's not like that part was taken away from me because that's literally my creative outlet. Like I'm naturally a creative person. I love to see that. And so I never wanted to take that away from me. So that's when I started working with her. I was like, I couldn't imagine working in a different industry that I'm not passionate in because I, it wouldn't fuel me as much. Like she tells me like, you know, hey, I want to take this salon from 100000 to 300000 It's like, okay, my mind just starts firing. Okay, like here's what we should do because I know the industry like the back of my hand. I know what's working and what's not. And so that's when I was like, I'm not going to work with clients that I don't believe in and I'm not going to work in an industry that I, I don't believe because I'm not, how am I going to be able to serve you if I'm not specialized in this? And, you know, as my team grows, maybe one day that will change. But right now, 
um, I, I love where my business is at and being able to work with beauty entrepreneurs. And I feel like now more than ever, they need this because of COVID and so many beauty entrepreneurs realizing that they didn't, their business wasn't as tight as they thought it was or as, as long-term as they thought it was. So I feel like now they need the financial education. They need the financial management now more than ever. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And I absolutely agree with you. Why not target your industry? Like, we are in beauty, so why not provide services for our people, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's definitely a market for it because I know you know this. A lot of times, beauty professionals are artists. They're artists. They're makeup artists. They're hairstylists. They're nail techs. They're they're art good, great at a craft, right? Mm -hmm. So you're great at a craft, but you don't necessarily, you're bringing all this money in, but you don't necessarily know your numbers. I'm going to share my story with you. I always share, but I like to share. Yes. This was a point in my career where a shift was made. So I had a studio, I was doing um, lash extensions and makeup and I was doing really well. I knew I was doing well and I was paying my bills and stuff. And I was actually, it was the end of the year and I'm getting everything ready to do taxes. And you know how I mostly use PayPal and Square. So I have uh -huh. to pull it off the print off and uh, for both of those. And when I saw the number, I said, who made that? <laughs> Yep. You know, I was like, who? Like, I made this much? So I was like, dang. Um, I feel bad, actually, because I was like, I didn't realize I made that much money. That's so common, so, Brandy. Yes. I, I was like, wow. So when that happened, I had actually, you know, did a couple of consultations with people because I was like, I need to find someone to help me figure this whole finance thing out. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to understand what's going in and what's coming out. You know, maybe I'm spending too much money here, doing too much there. I need to talk to an expert. And that was when things shifted for me when I looked at my numbers and didn't realize how much money I, I wasn't even close. Like, I was like way off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I wasn't even close to what I thought I made and I made a good amount of money, but if you don't know where it's going and you didn't even know you brought that much in and I, why does I it matter? Beauty professionals can relate to this, you know, just not really knowing what their numbers are, not really having a bookkeeping system. So talk to us about the importance of some of these things. No, because I agree, because I was the same way. Like, I would look at my account and be like, where did all this go? Like, some months I, I can feel I made a lot of money, and the next month it'll be poof. And I think a lot of that happens because the money that we spend on product, like, we have no system, we have no process. We just like, oh, I need hair supplies. Oh, I need makeup. I'm going to just go to the store and buy it. When in reality, you're supposed to have, like, a system and a plan and a budget in place. And that's why it's so important is because when you're a beauty professional, like, most of my clients are already successful meaning they already have clientele. So I don't need to help them teach them how to get money. It's like, okay, now that you have it, I'm going to tell you what to do with it. Because the first thing that beauty entrepreneurs do when they start getting money is they either spend it on themselves, like, you know, got to go out, they got to flex, they got to look cute. And I get it. Or they start spending on all these products. And the thing that's wrong with that is there is no budget. You're just spending, meaning you get the money and it leaves right about. And the thing is, if you want to be successful and if you want to have real financial wealth, regardless if that's personal or if that's business finance, the moment you get money, you need to put it in an asset that's going to make you some more money. And we've probably heard of that in books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or in blogs, but that's really how easy it is. Like there is no secret formula. I'm not doing something crazy. I'm literally taking the money that you earned and I'm getting, I'm creating or I'm finding an asset that works for you and your business and your CEO style. And that's where I'm putting the money. And so that's how we're able to generate real wealth. 
wealth. And what beauty entrepreneurs usually do is they get the money and they spend it. You got to get the money and figure out, okay, how can I put this into something that's going to make me more money? So for you, like the podcast, like I'm going to put this money that I'm making and put it in a podcast, put it in, build a community. And that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of them miss the mark there. And I feel like also beauty entrepreneurs think that it may be hard or difficult to start of branch out and have these different, different streams of income, but it's actually really easy. So for instance, if you do makeup and your ideal client is the everyday women, why don't you have courses dedicated to the everyday women because a lot of them don't want to spend money with you all the time maybe some of them just want to you know come to you for your birthday so how about you have a course that's a low offer probably like $39 a month $20 a month and that's passive income so now you're taking the money and you're building and creating something different that's going to always generate income and always generate wealth for you yeah I absolutely agree with that and I'm, I'm glad you dived in because I was going to go there about having the multiple streams of income um, I know now, like you said, especially because of COVID, a lot of people realize we did, we, I definitely have to have a product. I need something. I need to have multiple streams of income. So what are some of your suggestions? If you're a hairstylist, makeup artist, or, you know, some, a beauty professional, and you're looking to add on multiple streams, let's talk about some different ways that you can do that. Yes. And I love this topic. This is probably like the favorite topic for me. So I actually have like a three-step process of how you can take any beauty business and just build out multiple streams of income. So the first thing that you want to do is determine all the skills that you have, whether it's beauty related or not beauty related. So are you a good speaker? Are you good at sales? Are you good at customer management, finance, whatever it is, find every skill that you're good at. And sometimes it's called like an assessment where you write down, okay, here are my strengths and here are my weaknesses and take those skills and then determine who your client will be. So so who do you want to service? Do you want to service other beauty businesses? Do you want to service salons, the everyday women? Figure out who that customer is. And then that way you know exactly who you're serving. And then you want to next map out a plan. So, okay, now I know my skill set. Now I know my customer. Then now you have to find their problem and then just make a solution for it. And if you're good at what you do, it'll come like this. And so then you just map out a financial plan. And a financial plan is not goal setting, which is completely different. A goal setting is just like, hey, you know, this is what I want to do for the end of the year. And that's it. A plan is where you actually sit down and you break it down by the month, by the week, and by the day. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to make happen. So let's say that you're a hairstylist. And the only income that you have is when someone when you perform a service when someone books you but let's say you're also good at customer service because I actually know a hairstylist who's like this she's amazing customer service she's amazing at building relationships with her clients it's crazy and clients adore her and always rave about her um so now you can teach other beauty entrepreneurs how to do the same thing and I even told her like okay why don't you sell your email templates that you send to clients and like how do you book it? like sell your process of how you book out with clients and that's something that beauty entrepreneurs would buy simply because it's so valuable so figure out whatever that skill is and then who your ideal customer is and sell that. I love that. So you, you figure out your skills and then you think about, okay, what problem can you solve? And, then and who you're solving it for, who you're solving it for, and then make a financial plan. Yep. And break it down literally by the day. Okay. If I want to make this within this year, I have to break it down by the month, by the week and by the day. Yes, yes. I love that. I love that. And I think more and more people in general should have some form of financial plan, not even just beauty professionals, but everyone. Everybody, yes. I think they realized this after COVID. Like after COVID, everybody realized how unprepared or how prepared they were. Definitely, definitely. So let's talk about uh, just some things that you are finding as you're working with beauty professionals and finances and, you know, like, what are some other areas 
that other than multiple streams of income that you find that a lot of uh, beauty professionals need help in? I think it all goes back to balance. So I feel like the, a lot of them are overworked, um, which is why probably their business wouldn't scale as big. So for instance, um, my first client, she was amazing at what she did. She was, um, had a six-figure business when I met her, but she was way overworked. Like all she did was work, work, work. And what happens is you're going to get burnt out really, really fast doing that. Even if you've built a great business, you can't scale to six and seven figures and beyond if you're burned out. And so I think the number one thing that beauty entrepreneurs have to do is create a balance for themselves. Like you have to have boundaries you have to not be afraid to hire out and create boundaries within your beauty business. Yeah, I think um, a lot of beauty professionals, especially hairstylists, struggle with this because you're a service provider <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're so connected with that. And so a lot of times they struggle with, uh, you know, balancing everything out or just not taking as many clients mm -hmm. or even understanding that if you're that booked out, maybe you need to go up on your prices. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, because if you go up on your prices, say for instance, okay, so you charge, this is just an example. So you charge a $50 a person, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to do like 10 people to really even make what you want to make in a day if you charge a 50. But say for instance, if you went up, to a hundred dollars on that service you're gonna yeah you're gonna cut back on you're gonna lose some clients but if you only do five you still made the same amount you would make if you did ten that's it that's all you have to do I remember back when I was charging uh, like $30 a face and so my dad would watch my daughter for me and he was like you know why don't you just go up on your prices it's not like you're making that much anyway like basically you have nothing to lose and you know how men say stuff like they're just so nonchalant and he was very rude about it but he, he's just naturally nonchalant like that and I thought about it like that is true like I'm not losing anything just going up because if I lose those clients then I lose $30 like who cares and so that's when I was like I'm gonna just go up to 50 then 60 and then 100 and 125 and that's literally how it just kept going it's like I'm like what's the point you have to not be afraid to lose out on clients because if that client can't afford you at that price then they're no longer your ideal client and you just have to be okay with that Definitely. I say that all the time. And then you can't, like, even sometimes people will be like, well, um, I don't know if they're going to book me if I tell them. I'll be scared to tell them what I, well, you can't, you can't miss any money that you didn't have. If they didn't had booked you already and you didn't have it, that wasn't your money anyway. So if they yep. don't want to pay your prices next, find a client that will pay your prices, right? And there is someone that is willing to do it, Always. especially if you offer a high quality service and you're professional and, you do, and you're doing the things right, you offer a great customer experience, you're going to get the clients. So don't even worry about that. I think a lot of times like stylists don't realize that when they come become high demand and they're working so much, then that's when it's really, really time to think about increasing your rates, and so that you can really decrease the amount of work that you're doing and make more money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's literally that simple. And I remember that's why I don't know if you've uh, seen my Instagram bio. It says we specialize in working with luxury beauty professionals and salons. And the reason we say luxury is because I love working with people that value their time and value their skills. And so a lot of the times, like you said, some um, beauty professionals, a hairstylist in particular, are just like, no, I don't want to raise my prices. I don't know what they're going to say. Versus if you're a luxury brand, you're like, I know what I bring to the table, so I'm going to raise my rates anyway. 
you know, I have a client, she, she starts at 125 for one person. And she's just like, I'm going to go up again next year, because I know what I will bring to the table. It's no doubt about it. And you have to have that confidence with yourself and your work. And she would tell you, she'd be like, I'm not the best artist, but that's not the point. I bring other skills to the table. I have someone who answers your emails like this. I have, you know, I have a great booking system. I have other things on the back end that can justify why I'm charging you so much. Sometimes it's not even just about the work itself. It's like you said, it's the experience. Definitely. It is. It is the experience because honestly I had, I don't know, it was some statistic that they were saying that most people wouldn't like, like if you had 10 clients and you did terrible haircuts, they were saying like only two of them were really noticed. Right. Yeah. So it's not all, not to say you don't need to be good at your craft. But yeah, it's not but that's always not it. about just skill. It's about the, the experience you give them. Some some people buy it to you. They like yes. coming to you. They like the way they feel when you service them. Mm-hmm. And so if they if they buy it to you or whatever, then yeah, that's all you need, you know. Um, and you can be confident in going up. You know, there's always gonna be somebody better than you. There's always gonna be a better makeup artist, better hairstyles, better nail tech than you. But what separates you from everybody else is that that you are you like you're unique there's no one else like you right Mm -hmm. so you whatever you bring to the table is unique and if you really capitalize on that and you really offer like this great uh, customer experience you know you could go way surpass somebody who may be you know better than you at certain things you know or whatever Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I love that you said it doesn't matter. There's going to always be somebody better than you. So if you grow up in this community comparing yourself, especially if you're on Instagram or Facebook comparing yourself, you're going like downhill fast because there's going to always be somebody that's better than you, but you have to have that spice or something that you bring to the table. Like for me, it was always that customer experience and interaction. Like they knew whenever all my clients knew, whenever they contacted me, it was always going to be the utmost professionalism, the entire experience from the moment you email me to the moment that you pay the deposit to the moment I see you. You have a, you have full transparency. I'm like, hey, I'm going to arrive 15 minutes sooner. Come on my ring light, my kit. Like everything was just super professional. And that's what clients love. They love knowing that no matter what, when I book with this person, I'm going to get this good experience. It's not going to be sometimes she's good. Sometimes it's not. It was that full consistency and transparency every time. Definitely, definitely. And I think that it that it makes a difference too. Just be, you know, be, being consistent and transparent with your clients. I think the they'll, time, they'll yeah. trust you more for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. So what are you working on right now? Do you have anything that you're excited about? What's going on with you? So right now I'm just really focusing on my finance business. So I'm just working with clients and right now more than ever, especially because COVID, a lot of salons are closed. They cannot open. So I'm really helping clients and other beauty professionals really shift their business. So maybe if they were someone who only did services, well, now you have to shift it because we're going to start building that a course or a membership program. So it's just really exciting, fun things. And the best part is being able to see a client just shift their business completely because they did not think they were capable of like they come in like oh no I know I only for sure I want to do services you know I don't want to teach classes and then later on down the line they get comfortable doing something else or maybe we branch out into subscription services um, a prime example is one of my clients is that she only focused on bridal really only did bridal makeup and as you know every single wedding this year got canceled and so that really affected things financially and so we rolled out a subscription-based service for hair and makeup and it's like that feeling of like wow I didn't never thought I would be able to do this like I never even assumed that I would do this and now this is what we're doing so it's being able to just completely shift businesses right now definitely and so what are some ways that people that uh you know beauty professionals can definitely can work with you 
So there's three ways. So one of them is I offer a two hour Zoom call, which is a financial consultation for new beauty entrepreneurs. And this is really for someone who's just getting started and you need like a guide, a direction, a plan of where to take and how to really grow your beauty business. And then the second one is for monthly bookkeeping services. And this is for beauty entrepreneurs who already have a business that's established, but they lack the time or skills. Like you said, if you know you're making money, but you don't know where it's all going, it's because you need a bookkeeper. And so really helping them sit down and organize their money and I pretty much do everything for them and again it's that full transparency they know exactly what's going on with their money all the time and then the last and most popular service is I offer monthly financial management um, and this is where I do everything from bookkeeping to payroll to financial planning and strategy and throughout this process I'm helping them build out multiple streams of income and really build a long-term sustainable business awesome awesome I just wanted you to share that so I'm definitely going to make sure that I, you know, put your information in the show notes for sure so that they can reach out to you for services. And um, I want to ask you, so what is the best advice that you've received as an entrepreneur? Ooh, I love this. The best advice? Hmm. I had two mentors, I have to think. I think the best advice is don't copy someone else's dream because oftentimes you get caught up in like, oh, I want to do this because so-and-so did this. But it's like you have to really think what resonates you, what aligns with you. So you really have to not try to steal someone else's dream. And so I've done that completely. Like I literally don't care what anyone else does. I create my life based around the lifestyle that I want to live. So I have a kid. So I'm not going to create a life that's always busy and always out and traveling again because I know that's not the lifestyle I want to live. So I know I want to have a more relaxed, calm lifestyle and somewhere on the beach all the time with my family. And so that's really how I create my business and create the the world around me. So I think that's the number one important thing is really sit down and figure out what goals are yours and what are the ones that people have just kind of put on you, whether it's society, your parents, or ones that you've copied from other people, like really sit down and differ um, differentiate which one is which. I think that's some great advice because especially, you know, as beauty professionals, there's so many things coming at you. There's so many things going on. It can be easy to say, I want to do what Shane doing, or yeah. let me look at what such and such doing. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. not really be true to who you are as an artist, as a beauty professional. So I think that's definitely some great advice. And I think we, we've all been guilty for, because I remember when I started out as an artist, I didn't have my own style. I had, I was like a copy of everything me I was looking too. at. No, me too. <laughs> Look at cut crease. I'll see one person do it and I'm doing it. It's like, yeah, that, it's so, and I feel like it's easier now because we have Instagram and social media. I feel like it's easier to copy someone now. You, does that make sense? So you really have to sometimes just disconnect from the social media, the internet, and just spend time with yourself. Like, I love doing that. And it's easier said than done because, like, sometimes I can get caught up strolling too. But that's what happens. You end up copying other people, whether it be their style or their dream or just quotes. Like, you just start copying other people because you're on there all the time so it's really important just to sit back and spend time with yourself definitely I definitely agree you do need to sit back and spend time with yourself and have self-care especially a lot of beauty professionals don't you know take care <laughs> yeah. of themselves so that's really important too and like you said just getting connected with what's really going to make you happy right mm -hmm. being true to you and not trying to be nobody but yourself because it's easy to do that because I we've all done it mm -hmm. yep we're all guilty of it Yep, definitely. So what's the worst advice? Whew, oh my gosh. 
I remember this vividly. I had, it was like, I wouldn't even necessarily, it was advice, but I was reading this book and I don't want to say the book out loud because I love it. It was just this one bad advice. And they were basically saying like, go out and get in debt if that means that you can accomplish your goal. And that works for some people, I do admit, but that didn't work for me. And <laughs> now being in finance, I would never recommend that to someone. And basically what she was saying is like, her whole point was go out and do it no matter what, like make it happen. And she was saying like, even if that means getting in credit card debt, you know, long as you do it and make it happen, because you can make up for it. And like I said, you may hear people that like, hey, I did that and it worked. But that is not good advice. Like, if you if it's at the cost of you, you know, your financial strength, then maybe you should just find another plan. It doesn't mean that the goal has to change. It just means you find another way. And so I think that's the worst advice because I tried it. And I was like, this was stupid. I don't know why I did this. Yeah, yeah. I've heard similar things like that. I, I know. I see what you mean. Like, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it, right? Because I'm like, well, there's other ways to do it. And I get her point. The point was make it happen no matter what. But I mean, they're got You have to have. I would say, if you're a you know a daredevil like that, you have to have boundaries. It's like you know, I'm gonna make my dreams happen, but at what cost? You know, I'm gonna stop at this point. You know, and so that's what it has to be. So I'm not saying don't go after it no matter what. I'm just saying make sure you have a plan. If that plan don't work. Keep switching, plan A, B, C, you know, keep going. Doesn't mean you have to change the goal, but don't get in debt trying to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is somebody in finance, like, don't do it. Right, right. So, Shay, how do you define success? I define success by, I know this sounds corny, but literally what makes you happy? Because what me, my goals may be different from your goals. So if your goal is to make 50,000 and mine is to make 50 million, we're both right. You know, so I literally just say whatever it is that makes you happy. And that's honestly, I know that's like a corny thing, but it's so true for me. And I've really felt that, felt that this year. It was like, you know what, I'm gonna just go and literally do whatever it is and go for what makes me happy. Even if it doesn't, even if somebody else may think that it's stupid or think it's too small or too big. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You define success your own way, and we mm -hmm. all have different ways of defining it, so there's no wrong answer for sure. Yep. Awesome, awesome. So what's either your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now? I love reading. So I think my favorite book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, is so good. Or... That's it. I'm going to just leave it at that. The Power of the Subconscious Mind is my favorite book. I feel like when you're able to understand your mind and the beliefs, you are under, really able to understand your life and the life around you. So that I would just start there. Like I wouldn't even read, I wouldn't even recommend a business book or a motivational book. I will recommend that first because to understand the mind is to really understand yourself. And so that's the first place that you need to start. I love it, Shay. I love it to understand your mind, to understand yourself. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that is great. So what what's your favorite either tool or app that you use in business? Like what's like for your beauty business and you know what you do in finance? What's your favorite tool? Dubsado. Dubsado is it's all around, it's a client management tool, but it's also a system. So it has a lot of workflows. It just literally makes my life so much easier. So you can plug in canned emails. And then when some, whenever someone reaches out to me, um, there's Devsado puts in a complete workflow to send them proposals and quotes. And literally, it just happens automatically. Like I'm not involved in the process at all. And they're able to go ahead and book, look at my rates, book a call all while I wasn't involved in the process. And I love that. So Devsado, definitely. And you're able to do that. It's actually really good for makeup artists and beauty entrepreneurs as well. 
I love that. You know, I've seen, I've heard that before. Other people mention it. I'm, I don't use it myself, but that sounds almost like it has to funnel together for you a little bit. Yes. The thing is, it's kind of like, I wouldn't, it's kind of difficult to set up. You'll probably have to watch a few tutorials, but or there's also people who specialize in Dubsado that do it, that can do it for you. But it honestly makes your life so much easier that it's worth just sitting down and having the system because you you will just be able to sit down and have systems and process in place that kind of run for your business. So the only thing that I'm doing is getting on the call. And then I can also have it automatically that once the call is scheduled and after we had it, that it sends them like a follow up with a quote and everything like it literally just does so much for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I have heard that as well. I also heard that it wasn't, you know, easy. <laughs> it was <laughs> not. Get it, it's good. It's not. I, I had a little help. I, I'm definitely a tutorial watcher on YouTube. Like I had to just take a day and I'm like, if you take a day to make your business run more smoothly, that's, I mean, it's, it's worth it. So you just have to take a day or if you have the extra money investing to have someone else do it for you. Um, but it's literally, if you could take, sit down and just have a couple hours just to make your business in the back end run smoothly it's honestly worth it yeah awesome awesome well it's been absolutely great having you on the podcast today can you tell everybody how they can connect with you how they can reach you Yes, you can connect with me on instagram at Centra financial i'm super easy to reach to send me a dm Awesome. Thanks, Shay. So, Shay Jones, you so everybody, much, you're welcome, Shay Jones. Everybody, make sure you connect with her. She has what you need for your financial uh, business issues. Anything you need, she has that for you. So, make sure you connect with her. And as always, stay great, and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.